This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. Forgiveness is very hard, but in Christ is not. <laughs> Christ helps us through that. With forgiveness, prayer is of the utmost because we need to pray for forgiveness even when we sin. How many times we blow it? How many times we sin against God? We need to ask for forgiveness and we also need to pray that we are to forgive as Christ forgives us. It's easy to want forgiveness. We beg for forgiveness, but we need to give it as well as we want to be forgiven. Forgiveness is one of those things that's easy to read about, but can be hard to do. When someone wrongs us, we feel as if we have the right to be angry, bitter, and withhold forgiveness. While in some cases it's right to be angry, it doesn't relieve us from the responsibility of forgiveness. In today's message, Pastor Eddie will be sharing about how we can rely on the power of God when we find ourselves having a hard time with forgiveness. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Philemon chapter 1. As he begins his message, Paul's prayer and plea. Philemon, Philemon, if you need a Bible, please raise your hand. We would like for you to follow along with us as we study God's Word verse by verse. That way you can see that what we're studying, it's in the Bible. It's not coming from man. It's not coming from me. It's not coming from anyone, but directly from God. Philemon, the book of Philemon. Let us now go before the Lord in prayer before we begin our study. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Hosanna in the highest. Lord, truly, Lord, you have come to save us. And Lord, with that, Lord, we continue to live life with you and with the saints, Lord. And and just being together with you and the saints, Lord, what encouragement that is, Lord. And Lord, you also called us to serve one another, encourage one another, and also to love and forgive. And Lord, this letter is about forgiveness. Lord, I pray that as we continue to study it, that you would minister to us through your Holy Spirit as we read it in your word, uh, to love one another, to forgive. And so, Lord, we just ask that you would help us, Lord, to study what's in your word. It did not come from man, so I pray, Lord, that you would be our teacher, not me, not anyone else, but we ask that you would open up our ears to hear, eyes to see, mind to understand, and, Lord, heart ready to receive. So, Lord, we bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to read verses, verses 4 through 16, verses 4 through 16. Paul writes, I thank my God making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and faith which you have towards the Lord Jesus and towards all the saints, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, brother." Therefore, though I might be very bold in Christ to command you what is fitting, yet for love's sake, I rather appeal to you, being such 
A one, that's Paul, the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten while in my chain, who once was unprofitable to you, but now is profitable to you and to me. I am sending him back. You therefore receive him, that is, my own heart, whom I have wished to keep with me, that on your behalf he might minister to me in my chain for the gospel." But without your consent, I wanted to do nothing, that your good deeds might be by compulsion, as it were, by, but voluntary. For perhaps he departed for a while for this purpose, that you might receive him forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, whom I have much more to you, but in the flesh and in the Lord. Well, Let's look at verse 1. Verse 1. Paul writes, I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers. Without doubt, the Apostle Paul was a man of prayer. He prayed. And you find that in all his epistles. If you read and study all of Paul's 13 epistles, 14, if you consider him to be the author of the book of Hebrews, I do. Some people don't. You'll find that when you get to heaven. Just kidding. It doesn't matter. We know that it was inspired by the Holy Spirit. But nonetheless, when we study Paul's letters, we find that there are over 40 prayers that he has in his writings. Over 40, about 43 to be exact. So 43 prayers you'll find in his epistles. But you'll discover as you read his letter, you'll find that it's hard to know where his teaching stops and where his prayers begin. Because his prayers and his teaching are intertwined seemingly together, beautifully together. And that's because he's a man of prayer. So when he teaches, he's, he's, he's saying a prayer. And when he says he's praying, trust me, he is praying. And because he's a man of prayer, it's all put together. And so he writes, I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers. And there is no doubt to Philemon's mind and to all those that knew the Apostle Paul that when he says he's praying for you, he is praying for you. He's praying for you. You know, it's unlike when we say, hey, I pray for you, brother, you know. Uh, you know, I've got into the habit of saying, you know, let us pray for you now. Let us pray now. How many times have you seen that? amongst each other. It's some, you know, it's not just passing words. Okay, I'm going to pray for you. Well, okay, take a few seconds, well, at least a minute, to fulfill that, instead of just saying it. So Paul wasn't one who just said, hey, I'm going to go pray for you. But here he's saying he thanks God. The fact that this letter has to deal with forgiveness. Forgiveness is hard. To forgive others is hard, especially those that have hurt you and wronged you. Forgiveness is very hard. But in Christ, is not. <laughs> Christ helps us through that. With forgiveness... Prayers up the utmost because we need to pray for forgiveness even when we sin. How many times we blow it? How many times we sin against God? We need to ask for forgiveness and we also need to pray that we are to forgive as Christ forgives us. It's easy to want forgiveness. We beg for forgiveness. But we need to give it as well as we want to be forgiven. And Paul being a man of prayer, he, he includes this and this is part of the, the letter for him. He wants Philemon to forgive Onesimus. And he begins with a prayer. And he, when he prays, you see that it is in his writing, in his, in his life, it's part of his ministry, it's who he is. And he also encourages throughout these letters to pray. He's, he says, pray always. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Paul says, pray sometimes? No, 
always with all prayers and supplication in the Spirit. And not only that we're to always pray, he always tells us to don't stop praying. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, Paul says, pray without ceasing. Keep praying. When you're walking, pray. When you're in the car, pray. Pray, always praying. And pray even when you're anxious, when, when things seem to be a little, uh, you know, troublesome. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, Paul writes, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So simply put, worry about nothing, but pray about everything. So always pray, keep praying, pray about everything, and last but not the least, let us pray for everyone. Paul tells us, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. He says, Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplication, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Not some of the men, all men. Matter of fact, Paul tells us to pray for all those who are in authority. And we have a hard time for that. I remember one time I was pastoring a church in the city. And this one individual, he, he actually gave his life to He was a homeless man. He, incredible testimony. He lived in abandoned buildings for most of his life. He gave his life to the Lord. He has his own place. He's got his ID, driver's license, and everything. And one time I was ministering to him, and I said, you know, you got to pray for the elected officials. And he said, no, I don't pray for them. No, the Bible said, no, I don't pray for them. He was old school guy, you know, <laughs> tough guy, you know, if he lived in this, <laughs> he lived in, a, in abandoned buildings, he's a tough guy, but he said, no, I don't, no, you have to, the Bible says we must, the fact that they're in leadership, we need to pray for them, so you need to pray for all those who are in authority, all elected officials, regardless of what party you are from, regardless if you're in the left, right, or in the middle, or whatever, you don't know where you are, you pray for all leaders, we're to pray for all leaders, and so we're to pray, so Paul, we find in his letter, he's always praying, 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 praying always, never stop praying. And you can see Paul practice what he preaches because when you read his letters, you will find that in his teachings, he includes that little prayer. It just goes together everywhere, every time. Because that's the life we ought to live. God created us for his glory, for his pleasure. God created us for his glory, for his pleasure. And we're to have a relationship with him. And the best way to have a relationship is through prayer. This is one of the things where Christians lack. We lack prayer. And I'm talking about even finding time to pray. Not just those little texting prayers to the Lord. Good morning, Lord. Thank you. Help me this day. You know. I'm talking about really getting on your knees. And, or spending time. It doesn't have to be on your knees. It could be sitting down walking. And pray to the Lord. Always. We, and that's the way we have a relationship with the Lord. How can we have a relationship with someone we don't talk to? Those, those of you who are married, you know it's difficult to have a relationship with your spouse when you're not talking, right? Well, the Bible says don't go to bed, you know, you know without solving your problems before you, don't lay your head down before, anyway, you, got, you know what I'm talking about. Take care of the problem. Uh, anyway, it's not in my notes, so that's why I'm just like, but anyway. Uh, so anyhow, so the point is, in order for this relationship to work, you have to pray. Quite often we always say, Lord, talk to me, talk to me. Yeah, God wants to talk to you. You read your Bible. That's how God talks. You want to hear God audibly? Read loud. Read loud. <laughs> Charles Spurgeon was asked the question, what is more important, to pray or to read the Bible? He answered the question with the question. What is important, inhaling or exhaling? You need both. You need the Bible to help you know how to pray. Okay? And to understand the Bible, you need to pray. It goes hand in hand. 
inhaling, exhaling for the spiritual life. So that's how we live spiritually. Inhaling, exhaling. Prayer and the word of God. And Paul was a man of prayer. And, and you know, he goes on to say, let's move on. It, it says in verse 4, going to 5, it says, I thank my God making mention of you always in my prayer. Verse 5, hearing of your love and faith, which you have towards the Lord Jesus and towards all the saints. So he has a, a love for the saints, Philemon. He's telling him to pray. And here's what I love about Paul's doing. He's giving thanks you know, quite often we think that, you know, we only need to pray for someone when they're sick or they're struggling in relationships or uh, need financial help or, you know, we sh- yeah, we should pray for those things. But we forget to often pray when people are doing well. How often we hear that someone in the Lord is doing well. God has blessed them with something, a job, or blessed them with property or whatever. You know, God blessed them, healed them from a sickness. We need to rejoice. We need to rejoice. And we need to thank the Lord. Say, Lord, thank you for healing my sister in Christ. She's been dealing with this. And God, you healed her. You're faithful, Lord. Or when someone is blessed, pray for them. Lord, thank you for blessing my brother. He's so excited. He's got the promotion. He's been praying for. Lord, you answer the question. You answer the prayer. We ought to be grateful. Because quite often we forget to pray when people are doing well. Why do we pray for people when they're doing well? So that they continue to do well. Because let me tell you something, Satan hates you. The devil hates you. And then when you're really happy, what do you think he's going to do? He's going to try to make you unhappy, right? And that, that applies for anything. Not only for us individually, but us corporately as a church. Even the church as a whole. Even with the ministries where things are going well. And let me tell you, I've been a pastor for a long time. And I know when things are going well, guess what? And the enemy is coming down. You're in your mountain, the mountaintop with the Lord, and he's kicking you down to tumble down like uh, Jack and Jill. No, Jack came tumbling down. Okay, I had to go back. But anyway, <laughs> you know, it, that's what he wants to do. He wants to, you know, attack you because he hates you. He doesn't want you to be happy. And he hates to see God moving in your life. He hates to see God use you as, you move, as he moves in your life to bless others. And so that's why we need to be thankful, pray and give thanks to the Lord when God does, you know, when he blesses someone. Always, always thank the Lord. Now, here, Paul is also, in his prayer, he's thankful that Philemon loves the Lord and he has love for the saints. Love for the Lord and love for the saints. Now, it's easy to love the Lord. For those of us who are believers, we're not talking about atheists, we're not talking about those who hate God. With us Christians as believers, it's easy to love the Lord. He created us. He died for us. He blesses us. He's always giving his blessings on you every morning. Right? We have eternal life because of Jesus. So it's easy to love him. Well, we love him because he first loved us, right? The vertical is not a problem. It's the horizontal that's a problem. And I know some, it's hard to love some people, but you have to love. You have to love. So the vertical is not a problem. The horizontal is another challenge. Paul is writing to Philemon and says, Hearing of your love and faith which you have towards the Lord and towards the saints. It's it's what the church is, what Christianity is all about. Loving God and loving your fellow man. 
Now, John, the beloved, the disciple of John, uh, wrote in his epistle, not the gospel, in his epistle, his first epistle, he writes this. 1 John chapter 4, verses 19 to 21. John writes this. We love him because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. Those are strong words. My mother and my father always told me, never call somebody a liar. But here, John is bold. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. But he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen with his eyes, how can he love God whom he has not seen? You know, it's easy. We always say, I got to see you to believe it. That's not with faith. That's not with Christ. I believe it, then I see it. It's the other way around, right? So we believe in Christ. We haven't seen him, but we believe and we love him because he saved us. We're here. 2,000 years, the church has been birthed. And here we are still. Our brothers who we see, we, we, we don't love. So Paul's trying to let us know, listen, listen you, you don't love your brother who you see. But in the same way you love God in faith, you love your brother. And it, it's a command. He says, verse 21, and this command we have from him, Christ, that he who loves God must love his brother. Why? It's a command. It's no, it's not let's try Try to love him or try to love her. There's no trying. God's love was never a trying love. God's love was an unconditional love. Unconditional at the cross. It's unconditional for you and I when we blow and mess up all the time. It's unconditional for you and I. You don't try. It's a command. You don't try to love someone. You love them. Matter of fact, that's what Jesus said in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. Jesus says, a new commandment I give you. Not to say that he's adding to the commandment, because Christ did not come to break the commandments or, or the, the, the laws or the prophets. He came to fulfill it. But re, uh, the new here means a refresh. Uh, I got to give it back to you in a fresh way, because the Pharisees throughout the, you know, throughout the years have kind of added to the commandment, Remember when Jesus says, oh, you heard that it's been said if you committed adultery with another woman, I say if you committed adultery in your heart. Whoa, that's what it means, Jesus? That's what I meant when I had Moses write it down. <laughs> but they have changed it. So the new commandment, John says, I give to you that you love one another as I loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciple if you have love for one another. But when I hit this verse, when you get to this verse, verse 34, when Jesus says, it said, new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you. Not like. You know like I died on the cross for you? No. As I love you. How much he loves us. Death on the cross. It's automatic. So it's not to try, it's a commandment. And so Paul is, you know, just writing a letter to Philemon. Philemon is a great leader. He has a, not only is he doing well for himself personally, uh, he has slaves, Onesimus being one of them, but he's doing a great job as far as gathering the saints in his house. He's a pastor, he's a leader in the house there in Colossians. <laughs> yeah, Philemon, he's the, he's the leader there. And he has love for the saints. A love for all the saints. Not some of the saints. He says all the saints. Then he goes on to say in verse 6. That the sharing of your faith may become effective. The sharing of your faith, Philemon, will become effective. How? How? Read on. 
by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Paul's prayer, not only thanking the Lord for his ministry, his prayer is that the sharing of his faith would be effective, continue to be effective. Now, I love the word here, sharing. The word sharing here in the Greek is the Greek word konania. Konania, and, and, and it means fellowship, association, community, communion, joint participation. That's what the word share or sharing means here in the text. And it's that Greek word that we always use. We practice that, well, every day. The church of Jesus Christ, we have to put into action the generosity that comes from our faith in Jesus Christ. It shows that we are following a living God. And when we love one another and we share with one another, it points to Jesus. And it becomes effective that people are going to want what you have. So every time you go to church, you're happy. And I visited you when you went to your church. And man, everybody like loves each other. And, and they're just happy to see each other. And then you eat. And then you eat. And then you eat. And you fellowship. And then you eat. And you eat. That's what it's all about. Together we share in our faith. And together we koinonia. We have this in common. Jesus Christ. That's a common. We have this. Believe it or not. You may have not known, maybe because I have not shared it enough, we should probably practice agape fellowship every first of the month, but the reality is it's more of a spiritual time together. That's what it's all about, because we're doing exactly what the early church was doing. They met together and they broke bread. That's why the verse is mounted there in the fellowship hall. So we can remember, when we break bread it's not just for us to please the flesh, but it's for us as we break bread, we get to know each other. You know people better when you break bread with them, don't you? That's how it was in, in ancient times. They didn't have forks and utensils. They'll break the bread. They'll dip it in the sauce. And if you dipped in the sauce with that person, that means you're becoming one with that person. That's a come second dip, you know, double dipping, triple dipping, quadruple dipping wasn't a problem. <laughs> Nobody cared about it. Now it's like, ooh. You know, it's like... Oh, did you? Oh, you had? I don't want to know. Oh, that looks good. Oh, you took a bite out of it. <laughs> so you like lost your appetite. Back then, there wasn't like that because they were one with each other. They were one. And that's what Konania is all about. And that's why we, we, when we fellowship together, is, you know, we get to know each other. And then we kind of connect outside the church. And I encourage you to do that. Don't just know everybody here in the church. Fellowship. Bring them to your house. Invite people over or go over to people's house. Invite yourself. Jesus invited himself. <laughs> you know, it wasn't polite. I'm going to do what Jesus says, you know. Zacchaeus, you come down. I'm going to your house today. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jesus did it because that's what fellowship is all about. Is we get to know each other outside the church. Thanks for joining us here on Running the Race. You've been listening to Pastor Eddie as he makes his way through the book of Philemon. I have a question for you. Have you spent time praying for your brothers and sisters in Christ today? What did you pray for? In Philemon 1.6, we get a picture of Paul's prayers for fellow believers. He said this, I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. When you pray, don't forget to pray for effectiveness in sharing the gospel. And to that end, we'd love to have you pray for us. Here's Jessica to tell you more. Prayers for this ministry would be so appreciated. 
The opportunity for the lost to be reached over the radio is incredible. So please pray for our listening audience and that what's shared will alter people's lives forever. Another way you can support us is by prayerfully considering giving in a financial way. There's a lot of time and effort that goes into producing this program, and we're grateful for all who are willing to come alongside us to support the creation of each program. If you feel led to do this, you can find a Give tab at runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. If you missed that website, it was runningtheraceradio.com. And from all of us here at Calvary Chapel of Milford, thank you. Please come join us in person soon. You can find all of our info on that same website. Well, that's all we have for today. But come back next time, and we'll all keep running the race together.